Welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Good day to you. Oh man, I miss you guys. It's been too long. Oh my, oh my. What is it now? December 9th. Oh, what a month of November I had. I don't know about you, but November and it was a really hectic month. I think a few things really put a lot of stress on me. One, it's always kind of stressful when the seasons are changing and it's going from 50s to 30 degrees or snowing. Just like the spring transition, the fall one probably stirs most people up a little bit. But then we have the election, and the election consumed way too much of my mental and emotional energy, both the weeks leading up to the election, the few days of waiting for results, and then the post-election. I get really stressed out by what I view as threats to democracy, because threats to democracy are threats to our American way of life. And I really saw, I still see this period of a lot of a lot of lying and a lot of uh, assaults on elections, assaults on media, assault on everything, basically, is... Um, is troubling, but I don't want to get into politics too much, but in this case, politics took more an emotional effect on people in the last few years. People who were pro-Trump were very um, energized by him, and people who were repulsed by him were affected negatively by that. So that has has certainly weighed on me. Uh, It's starting to kind of fade away, and um, let's hope Let's hope that we at least learn a few things from this. We should know the term demagogue. Demagogue is a political leader who seeks support by appealing to the the desires and the prejudices of ordinary people rather than using rational argument. So a leader who exploits emotions, exploits prejudice, exploits hatred, exploits ignorance. So by its nature, it is anti-elite and anti-expert and anti-rational, anti-rational thinking. So this is just a dangerous phenomenon that exists. There have been other demagogic figures throughout history, and, and more will come in the future. But it's really important that we recognize it and call it what it is. And I don't think most people had a sense of this term demagogue four years ago, and and now we do. Now we have a, we understand. If someone says, you can't trust them, you can't trust them, everything, everything, they're anti-everything except for themselves. This is very dangerous if people buy into this mythology. Again, I don't want to get too far down this road. I am digesting it though. I'm I'm working on a piece on, on demagogues and social psychology. So hopefully I'll present it as a podcast down the road. My point in bringing this up, though, is there's a lot to be observing and thinking about in our society right now. You know, we're talking about there, we're talking about the politics, but let's also, and this is also political, and it's also emotional, uh, Corona 2, this, this second, second big wave of this fall into winter, really starting a few weeks ago and, and showing no signs of, of abating, is, uh, is disappointing, and it can be distracting and saddening that a lot of people just don't really respect the rules. They, they don't want to be, they don't want to follow rules if, if they can't see it. One thing that this time has exposed is how many people are not 
really into a rational view of life. And again, I am very pro-emotional. And I, I, I believe that people would say emotions are irrational because they're not rational thought. But the key is to, to find harmony, to understand our emotions, digest them, come to peace with them, and, and, and cohabit with them. And know sometimes they'll, they, they might overwhelm us, but hopefully our rational minds can balance those emotions. But a lot of people in this society, they just, they just believe what they want to believe. And they, it seems that they believe what is convenient to them. And maybe this is true for all people. But with the corona, there's definitely, again, that anti-expert, anti-science, anti-control of any sort. And it's really, it's a problem because we live in a society that our behavior affects other people. Some cultures have been able to respond to this corona as a whole and, and, and look out for the good of the society and, and quell the pandemic in their societies. But in America, our, our basically selfishness or, uh, yeah, it's almost like a, a roguish selfishness. It's a real problem in this society. Uh, it's, it's so hard to diagnose. That's why this is one another reason why I haven't made a podcast for a few weeks. Because not only have I been spinning and digesting all this, but I don't know quite what to make of it all. There's still so much to think about and learn. Let me keep on moving along with my notes here and we'll see where we get. Again, I'm calling this a casual conversation because that's that's all I have in me right now. So I brought up this politics and the corona to illustrate the point that November was hard for me. And because it's corona, I'm holding myself to a little bit different standard. Um, when it wasn't Corona times, a weekly podcast was no problem. But things are just different now. Without the without the bartending, without that socializing, there's a battery that I'm just not recharging properly. And I I listen to a lot of radio, and I I listen to a lot of music and sing a lot, and I exercise. I'm doing a lot of good things, but there's still something, some battery that happens when I'm just. Like I, I went to the store they did to go food shopping and even food shopping is not very social because people are masked up. You can't recognize people and you just got your head down sort of and doing your thing. But someone, someone recognized me or maybe, yeah, someone recognized me and then we said, hey, and, and we just shot, I mean, we shot the breeze for three minutes and it felt like, it felt like nice maple syrup on pancakes, you know, it was just like, oh, or like a nice glass of water when you're really thirsty. So I think for me, like when I try to understand our emotion, my emotional needs or, you know, our emotional needs as they might be similar, it's really understanding what we're lacking right now and, and trying to just keep calm and make the most of it. Keep positive. Keep positive. So I, I do think I do think it's kind of it's funny. It might be a, a great thing that we rebuffed a demagogue and democratically elected a new president. And even though it's been a sloppy and stressful, it seems like the transfer of power is going to happen. So I think this is like big picture here. I think this is a really, it's a, it's a time of optimism. And I think that's good for our society. Not to say that we've solved all our problems, but I do think, I do think demagogic leadership is, a, is like a fundamental problem. And we'll have to keep an eye on this going forward. But again, 
if people could exploit emotions of fear and prejudice and hatred, those feelings are most strong in people when they're kind of desperate. So we have to think of this not just emotionally, we have to think of this economically. We have way too many people who are one paycheck away from not paying their rent. And that level of stress, that level, the level of animosity that, is, that has grown when we have, you know, a disproportionate of wealth, number of, amount of wealth in the 1% or that sort of thing. So there's so many levels to evaluating society right now. But I think one positive is we have a lot of people engaged. So let's continue these casual conversations. It's kind of like I'm just I'm just brainstorming and sharing what I've been brainstorming. And there's no there's no grand thesis, no grand conclusions. That's that's the nature of the uh, casual conversation. Stoke the fires of logical digestion. We got to really think about logic and and why is logic not more accepted why are some people anti-logic anti-science i don't know it's maybe people just have to be pro and anti something most people just have to fight something so one thing that came out of uh, election day that i think is worth noting is I, i do think we were very much biased by dividing into two camps, left and right, and then blue and red. Um, I think it is very frustrating in society, and I wish we had more political parties. That said, in Florida, which was a Republican state presidentially and, uh, you know, predominantly at this point, they they supported a $15 an hour minimum wage for the state. And that just shows you that when given issues, people will, most people are in favor of some reasonable improvement to our economic rules. I try to think of, it's like capitalism is a game. I'm pro-capitalism, but I think the rules of the games are disastrous. Like, I love sports, right? There's no sport that acts anything like capitalism because it would be so boring to watch it. If you, ha- if you had 100 teams and one team controlled half of the wealth or half of the chips, it would just be, that's not a fun sport. Who wants to play that sport? Who wants to watch that sport? So the brainstorms continue. So with sadness, also optimism. I think I already touched on this. I am very much a fan of the I Ching. The I Ching is all about yin and yang. It's all about the ebb and flow. The more we look at everything in life has an ebb and flow to it. So yes, if these are sad times, if these are pessimistic times, these are cynical times, they will bounce back. We will bounce back. And if we want to help push ourselves in that direction, how do we do it? For me, I'm a big fan of framing the challenge. And the challenge right now is I see it as a four-month challenge. December, January, February, March. This is like a practice period. Different religious traditions, certainly in Buddhism, they have periods and Hinduism of practice periods. Like, all right, this is a practice period. It's going to be a a week or a few weeks or a few months where I'm going to focus on a few things and, and, and really shift my focus. It allows us to grow and evolve better because it allows us to shift in the short term. Because if sometimes it's hard to make a change, like I'm going to stop doing this the rest of my life. But if you say, hey, you know what? These next four months, they're going to be like this. So I think four month challenge, like for me, this is like almost a mantra going into this four months, December, January, February, March. It's going to be cold. I don't know where you you live, but for a lot of us, it's going to be cold. (laughs) We can't go to the neighborhood pub or the neighborhood coffee shop because it's Corona. It's going to be a little bit lonely, 
but there is light at the end of the tunnel. There's some there's optimism that the vaccines are coming out. And so let's let's think that in April we at least get to better weather, which will be a relief. And hopefully by then we can start we'll start seeing some places open up like normal. I'm not sure exactly what that will look like. But if we roll out 100 million vaccines by mid-April, things should be approach, start to approaching normalcy going into the summer. So I'm really focusing on, because if you focus on, I don't know when this is going to end, like that is really overwhelming. That will overwhelm our anxiety and our depression. It just will. So to look at and break it down, these four months, these four months, like what can I focus on? What can I focus on doing that's a fun challenge? Like like my buddy Francis told me, I'm reading Infinite Jest, and it's a thousand-page book by David Foster Wallace. And I said, maybe maybe that's a good thing for these four months. You know, I got it's a great time for reading. If you can get into books, ooh, there's some great books out there. There's some great time for reading. You don't have quiet time. You're with your family. Puzzles, games, singing. Oh, I wish every family could sing a lot. Sing together. Singing is so good for the spirit. So. I'm flowing all over the place, but I'm kind of going along here. So for me, I'm framing this challenge. Every day I'm trying to either exercise my body or exercise my voice. So if I can't go out there and go for a good walk or, or do an indoor workout, or if I can't get on my bike or, or go for a hike, then I can sing for an hour. I put on some of my favorite songs I like to sing, and I just have a great time, and I'm convinced this is really good for keeping us, keeping our heads above water in these times. If you don't want to sing, well, then you could listen to a lot of music, but I think singing is really, I think it takes it to the next level. Some people tell me they like dancing a lot, and that probably is really good, too. I dance a little bit, but I'm not a, not a huge dancer. Uh, maybe I'll go to a dance party, but like in my room, you know, I'll sing more than I'll dance. Um, water. Dehydration in the winter is actually very common. A lot of people have heaters on. These heaters just dry air. So please, I recommend a 32-ounce mason jar. Fill that guy up with water twice a day. That's 64 ounces, eight cups. You're, in, you're at least in a pretty good place with that. So think about water. Think about one hour a day. Take care of yourself. Home cooking, if you can do it, and it's not too stressful. It will be good for the spirit. It will be good for the soul. Uh, what I like to do is just, just work on only a few different recipes and make them make them over and over again during a few weeks or in a few months and really get them down. Because when I'm down, it's good to have a few recipes down. Okay, Down, down, down. Up, up, up. Rituals, rituals, rituals. For me, I had some tough days and some tough weeks in the last few months at last month, but I had good exercise rituals. My buddy Bob's like, you want to play tennis? I'm like, let's let's play. Awesome. That would be so great. Got some great tennis and have some bike routes that I don't have to think too much. It's just like go and go on that route. You know, I used to train and running a lot. Shout out to Cornell Cross Country and Trek. And and we had a lot of 9 and 10, 7, 8, 12, 13 mile runs that were loops. So you said, let's go out and do monkey. And when you said, let's go out and do monkey, you knew, oh man, like I know the next nine and a half miles I just, or nine, nine to 10 miles. It's just a delightful run. I don't have to make any decisions. I don't have to decide, oh, do I have to go, should I go this way? Should I go that way? Oh, how much time I've been running for? 15 minutes. And tw- 
when you are running and you're looking at your watch and just trying to burn an hour, that takes forever. But if you have a few good rituals, a few good running loops that you love, and you give them a fun name like Monkey, although we didn't give it that name, that's an old classic Cornell run. You give it an old name like Monkey, and uh, you, or you receive that name, and it's just, uh, it's, it's like lore, it's like legend. This is, uh, we got this ritual, we inherited this ritual to run this loop, and runners have run this loop for decades before us, and I know that runners are running it now many, many years after we ran those trails. So trust in rituals, make up some fun rituals, but make sure to kind of spoil yourself a little bit too, because... These are tough times, so push ourselves but spoil ourselves concurrently. And in a way, like, if we can learn that pushing ourselves in something we want to learn or something we want to do, like if you just want to, like, sit and do puzzles and listen to hip-hop music, do it, man. That sounds great. (laughs) We got to make it through the next next few months here, okay? Uh, Oh, I have to say, like, it's a peculiar relationship between podcast host and audience. It's not normal, but I love it and I miss it. So I'm happy to be with you. And maybe I'll just become a more casual podcaster. I don't know. Hey, I miss having guests on this show. Maybe I can do it over the internet. I don't know. I still, I still think I want to do a call-in show. But let me, uh, let me halt the uh, call-in show brainstorm. And instead, I want to talk about some books I've really appreciated in the past month. Walter Isaacson is a great biographer. He loves to focus on innovators and what made them innovators. And I read his Ben Franklin one many years ago. And of, of course, Ben Franklin's a very fascinating innovator. And Walter Isaacson tells a great story. I've since read uh, Isaacson's I've since read Isaacson's Da Vinci, and now I'm reading Isaacson's Einstein. And I strongly recommend these if you enjoy the art of innovation or the science of innovation. As as Da Vinci would say, Da Vinci was amazing at unifying art and science. Like for him, they were one and the same, and and they are one and the same on a deep enough level. And uh, Da Vinci is just really inspiring, Uh, inspires you to see the world differently. And I would say the same thing with Einstein, because I haven't spent a lot of time with theoretical physics. So just conceptualizing, thinking about gravity fields and gravity waves is is mind expanding in its own way. Also, I've been getting back into writing emails. So if you want to write an email, I'll, I'll do I'll I'll write you back unless I get like a thousand emails, which is not going to happen. So uh, weatherofthemind at gmail.com. Tell me, tell me what's going on. Share some ideas and feel free to, if you want to share it with the, the podcast, you know, if you've got anything you want to share. How are you going into this four-month challenge? What are your rituals? What are your strategies? Let us know. Let's share it. And if you want to get your voice in the podcast, you can answer that question on the website, weatherofthemind.org. You could record a minute and a half uh, voice voice message. You could record a few of them if you'd like. We'll put your voice in the pot if you say something interesting, which I'm sure you will. I mean, come on, you're listening to the Weather of the Mind podcast. <laughs> oh, it's good to laugh again. Not enough laughter. When I'm bartending, it's like eight hours straight of like, say what's up, Joe. Hey, how's it going, man? And like making jokes and observing and goofing like that is that's a 
that's what I was raised on. Even when we were training as athletes all those years on teams, like those three to four hours a day when we were with our teammates, that was a lot of goofing off and joking. To me, that's like a, a major part of life. So maybe the podcast will just go in a more goofy direction, where it probably should be anyway. How do we talk about serious topics and still keep it lighthearted and fun? Therein lies the challenge. Okay. Um, the other thing is, before I leave, I want to mention, I've really been trying to understand fully the vision that I'm trying to lay out for the Weather of the Mind School, which is looking to be an online free school, donation-based, donation-supported, but online and free. I really want ad-free website. I want to be able to go to a website online that is calm, and that can always be there for you. I feel like we really have a lack of resources between when we look at emotional health and emotional health like being in challenged states. We have a big gap between going to a hospital or a psych ward and you can call um, mental health hotlines, which you can always find those numbers online. So there's support there. Obviously, cafes and bars might provide that function. But I also wonder, like, you know, how else can we meet that need of people who are struggling and just need support to know they're not alone and to engage in materials and resources? I mean, I am someone who struggled a lot with anxiety in the past. And to be quite honest, these challenging times have made me have to look at also how my anxiety feeds into some anger and to really kind of term, come to terms with my own anger. So I think these are rich times for us, and I think they're, they're good times. I could have said, I wonder what it was like if society kind of shut down and got quiet for a few months. Like, how would that change us? What demons and angels would that give birth to? How would that change our relationships? And I think, it's, I think it's important to just be honest with ourselves, but also be kind with ourselves because we live in a very self-oriented society that's very intense. And when we berate ourselves too hard, and maybe when we berate others too hard, it really it can be very isolating. So we have to be careful. We have to be careful with ourselves and just try to frame the four-month four challenge or frame it as you want to frame it. Again, like if an image works better than words, for me, a slogan works good. Four-month challenge. How can I, how can I emerge? Uh, you know, March 31st. On April 1st, what do I look like emotionally? How am I physically? How am I socially? That's the challenge right now. And I know for me, if I frame it that way, it's going to give me... Um, it's going to give me the bookends. It's going to, it, it inherently allows April to be a, a joyful spring month of rebirth, no matter what. So let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. Um, I, w I would like to hear from you. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Uh, peace to you. Living and learning. Let's try to keep on growing. Respect the uh, ebbs and flows of life, the ebbs and flows in life that are all around us, that are part of nature. We're a part of nature. Every day, nature moves through us, through water, through food, and moves on out of us. <laughs> Much love, people. Be well. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.